Hello, everybody. Your biggest problem is the one you're not aware of. Let's talk to Dave Wynn about that. My name's Chris Sutton. This is Mental Conversations. I'm sure I can be so Take a good Boom! And we're live. I'm looking at the delightfully smiley face of Disco Dave Wynn. Uh, Dave, thanks for coming back on the show. My pleasure, man. It's, it's great to see. Uh, you. I always enjoy our conversations. Yeah, great to see you too. It's um, I think this one's going to be can it might get quite deep. I feel like we might go deep with this. What do you reckon? I hope so. I love yeah. it. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, so I, when I reached out to you this time and I said, you know, I, I really like it when the the guests choose the subject, and you mm. went you went deep straight away. So talking about the biggest problem is the one you're not aware of, and you were saying you've been doing some thinking about this or some looking into this recently. So tell me a bit about that. Yeah. So. This has been very present in my thinking of late and in my experience, particularly with business owners, people I tend to work with. And what I meant by that is when I first start working with a client, for example, very quickly I get to see the real problems that they're facing and it's generally the ones that they don't see and it's the mm. limiting thoughts and beliefs that they have about themselves about the people that they have relationships with the people in their business and they can't see it because they're subconscious they're sort of subversively running their life and and played a really important role in getting them to where they are today Mm. but to get them to wherever it is they want to be next which in the people i work with often it's doing something else so discovering that next thing um or well yeah generally it's that and sometimes that involves them exiting from the business in some way but pretty much every time it involves them being able to separate themselves from the business because part of their own self-image is wrapped up in being the business and being the leader of that business and often being the problem solver and the fixer in that business and I mean, even that as an example, that was one that came up with a client yesterday that I got to spend the day with. And we had a beautiful four hours together at a place called Bankery, uh, which is on the River D and Royal D side, which is only 30 minutes away from me, which is amazing. It's amazing. one of my favorite parts of the world. And we shared some really deep, powerful conversation about who they're being and how their thinking shapes their being, mm. how their thinking shapes, how they listen and what they hear, and also how they then see their world and see others. Yeah. Yeah. God, it's fascinating stuff. I mean, it mm. comes some of that is, you know, they say in NLP terms, they talk about perception is projection. You know, you <clears throat> what you perceive through your senses is then the way you filter stuff and that's what you then put out into the world it's it's kind of so if you have those kind of limiting beliefs 
or like someone explained this to me someone someone's used this analogy with me today about a work colleague of mine and i i they said oh, she was she'll always or they will always go off in one direction but what happens is they go down a rabbit warren of like a viewpoint but what they don't realize is there's loads of other warrens you could look at and once they're in the warren you've just got those surroundings so the things you know like i mean as you've said about things you're not aware of it's like you don't know what you don't know so it's how can you take a step back and go what else is there to look at does that make sense Mm, yeah so that's where having someone else to support you becomes incredibly valuable because for most people it's incredibly difficult to do that on Mm. yourself to do that for yourself yeah there are tools um one in particular that comes to mind is the stop tool that comes from uh the author tim galway who wrote the book the inner game of tennis so stops is an acronym it stands for s stop literally stop it's Mm -hmm. something you can say out loud or say in your head when you notice yourself getting lost in your thinking t stands for i'm forgetting what it stands for in the context of the inner game but my understanding of it is take a breath or take a step back Mm -hmm. but take a breath in particular is powerful is a powerful thing you can do physically Mm. because it allows you to then give that separation and create space Mm -hmm. to then observe or organize your thoughts interesting and what essentially that tool allows you to do is to provide space to expand your awareness and to see what more choices you have access to and then Mm. p stands for proceed so then about creating the space to realize what choices you actually have that you're not that you weren't seeing and then make a better choice and then through practice of creating that space expand your awareness i mean that's something very practical the awareness bit in particular with that for me is 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 really key because sometimes, like if you're in that rabbit warrant, you don't realize that there are other options. You're just like, this mm-hmm. is the way, this is the way it's done, isn't it? This is the way it's done. So I'm doing it. I'll just dig harder, like, and then I'll get further. You know, it'll be that'll that'll fix things. And it's like, no, you, there's other things there. Have I have I ever talked to you? Is it like another l- nice way of describing it? Is have I ever talked to you about the beach ball? Um, Maybe where you where it's like me and you could have a beach ball and it's like pressed up against your nose on one side and my nose on the other. And it's got like a white and orange panels and you happen to have an orange panel uh, and I happen to have a white panel and someone stood over there is going, what color is the beach ball, Dave? And you're like, it's orange. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's white. And you can like (laughs) have this massive row about, no, you know, and then you go and stand over there where your mate is and you're like, Oh, I see. I'm missing something. I don't have all the information here. And actually the first step towards that is an awareness that, hang on, have I got all the information here? You know, Mm -hmm. and, and, and that kind of taking, taking that step back. So I like that stop um, acronym because then it enables you to proceed once you, and, and one of the other things I like that you said is that it doesn't always have to come from within you. Does it, if you're talking, Mm -hmm. 
yes, if you're talking about business, but also if you're talking about you personally and your own kind of development, um, somebody you're working with around themselves individually or or just a, a friend even, if you're not um, if it's not even a work type thing, um, you might notice things about them that they don't notice about themselves. Um, and that's something that can be gold dust as well is having those right people around you. Yeah, absolutely. And people that that care enough about you to tell you what you need to hear, not <laughs> what you want to hear. Yeah. Which is a, a really powerful leadership distinction that I have. Um, and it comes from a great book called Crazy Good by Steve Chandler, where he talks about these 15 choices or 15 distinctions that people who become crazy good mm. bring into their lives or their thinking. And this one is serving, not pleasing. Mm. So that's, it, yeah, I've, I've had, so I've worked with numerous kind of like senior leaders where I've been mm. a support person or in the kind of, you know, looking upwards, upper hierarchy kind of thing. And 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 developed quite close friendships perhaps with these with a couple of them in particular where they've felt comfortable enough to express to me their frustration at people just they walk into a room and everyone's like oh here's the boss so they one they must know more than me and two their decision's final so whatever they say i'm gonna go yep that's what we'll do and they're like no i want the people around me who might be the experts in one part of a service or an organization, you know, they run the organization, but they have experts that deal with their different parts of the organization and they want challenge and they want them to come with their ideas. And then you as a team and as a leadership team, and, you know, ultimately they carry the can, I suppose, but then you get to make that decision based on expertise and, uh, and different opinions and discussion rather than on, oh, they're the boss, they must know. Mm, yeah well that's a beautiful example that illustrates the the point about that the biggest problem you've got is the one that you don't know about or the one that you can't see that what i heard and what you said there is you've got these people who what they are believing and therefore seeing and hearing is that the boss knows the answers mm, yeah they're therefore they are believing that they don't yeah yeah right or or actually an, ad an additional kind of wrinkle to that is that they may actually think they do but because of the hierarchy of a situation and because of maybe even going as far as self-preservation of a job and not wanting to rock the boat they'll they'd rather not put that view forward even if they think well i know better than than that person can i give you an example on a national scale or maybe an international scale this always baffles me about like mps you know like where you'll where you'll get the cabinet of like gov of government and someone will be like the transport secretary and then there's a reshuffle and now they're the they're they're looking after children <laughs> you're like what <laughs> sorry where's that what's their expertise and then you're kind of and then you re, you know it's like no well their expertise doesn't necessarily need to be in that sphere because actually what their skills are is blah 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 blah. and you kind of go yeah it'd be nice though wouldn't it if you got <laughs> like if they, well, they knew what they were talking about <laughs> 
Yeah, I get that. But at the same time, if I if I take myself as an example and what I do, or anyone who operates as a as a coach and a high level coach, you're you don't have to be an expert. I don't have to be an expert in what my clients do. Sometimes it's helpful, but sometimes it can also be a barrier because being an expert, that the the whole nature of an expert is an expert looks to solve a problem quickly and get to the end point faster mm. which means they're blinkered for me i take an opposite view one of my values or beliefs is in adopting and readopting a beginner's mindset which means that you're totally open to possibility so that's what i'm always encouraging and inviting the people that i spend time with and work with to get into is to recognize the value of being open to possibility and mm. to also then seeing that and the people that you you work with or work for you. I mean, arguably as a leader, though, you know, you're always working for them and that's the role of a leader yeah. to empower others. Um, and, and coming into something, you know, specific. So taking the experience I had yesterday as an example. So my client was talking about, I mean, we've talked about a, a variety of different things because that's how I love to play. It's it's about the whole human being and everything that's going on for them, not just one specific thing, because it's all connected. So at one point we're talking about difficulties he's experiencing with his wife, and we looked at how they would communicate together and we went right beneath the surface and saw that the way that he was listening to his wife or the belief he had about his wife was I'm right, she's wrong. Because he felt like when they had a conversation, she would be, in his words, trying to steamroll him into believing she's right. Mm. And by helping him to see how he was seeing her, he was able to get an insight around who he actually wants to be for her, especially when we talked about how he is as a leader and how he sees his team, because the paradox was that he was closed-minded with his wife, but with his team, he was really open because he was seeing them as valued contributors. Hmm. So he had a belief about his team that wasn't mirrored with his wife, but by using that as a as a mirror, we could then look at those beliefs that he was holding mm. that weren't serving his relationship with his wife in particular, and then create a new belief because beliefs are simply thoughts we've chosen to believe. Yeah. And that was super powerful. And even then we went deeper still and looked at what beliefs he had around himself as a leader and something he's really struggled with is really empowering the team and he wants to go into the business monday tuesdays and then the rest of the week essentially do things for himself mm. and his family but he's really struggled to get that separation and what we discovered is he's got these two really subversive limiting beliefs that if he 
does that he's lazy, which is a story that mm. he inherited from his mum. And also that he wasn't worthy of the success that he's created. Wow. Interesting. I feel like I should be paying you. <laughs> I learn I'm learning so much. It's 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 fascinating because where where it's where it's um really relevant to me currently is I start I started a new job in October. And oh, it's congrats, a, and it, man. thank you. Yeah, and it's a leadership role. And mm. this and this I won't go into the the details on this, but the subject matter is not something I am a air quotes expert in. So my where I've got the job and why I've got the job is more around my people skills, my management skills, and those leadership skills of how to actually galvanize a team and and where you just what you just described about being a leader, being actually you're working for the team to kind of remove blocks out of their way, try and you know get empower them to use their expertise to do the the the, the things that need to be done, and and I've had some small successes in that already, and some of my limiting beliefs are constantly challenging me like on a daily basis where i've got people you know in almost every meeting i attend i'm like i don't know i don't know the subject matter like i don't i don't know it all and then i'm saying to people how long until you kind of got your head around this they're like oh you know a couple of years and i'm like i'm three months in you know like it's uh, and you and you and you feel like i should and this word should comes up all the time i should be doing this i should be doing that and then you realize actually from what you're saying and listening to you tell that that story from about yesterday is that these are all limiting beliefs they're they're all kind of things that if you can stop again back to your acronym and then reframe it and think no actually i'm in a decent place for where i am it's okay to do this and like speaking about the your client from yesterday being proud about the fact that he's in he's put himself in, in a position where he's able to do those two days and then take that extra time for family who wouldn't who wouldn't want that you know that's a wonderful position to have built yourself into so as an outsider me looking in at that i'd be like wow you should feel so proud and yet your description was that he's like oh i'm lazy and then you unpack it and you go that comes from childhood and it comes from relationships and yeah and then, and then the and the other thing like you were saying around um that kind of paradox of how he's able to behave differently in a work setting to in a in a personal relationship i've heard stories previously of people where they've struggled with having children where they're like in a leadership role or a management position they're like well at work people do what i say when i talk to my children <laughs> they throw spaghetti at me <laughs> <laughs> why don't they do what i say Dave? <laughs> like, you know. and it, so you you know and and then you might get really riled up by your by your children because you're like they're being so badly behaved because they're not even able to da, da 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 and off you go again and it's like no it's so much of it comes down to that understanding of the way you communicate um and you i don't know if you did this deliberately or but i i absolutely love the way you just you described this a minute ago you said the way they they um, communicate together you know that's and that's the key isn't it it's a two-way mm. thing and yeah. communication is what's received by a person you know your intention 
the, the the majority of rows I will have with my other half, the wonderful Claire, um, like the majority of the rows where I'm clearly right and she's wrong. Um, <laughs> um, of course. I will have said something that she might take umbrage with and I'll be like, but I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. My intention was, but actually it's kind of irrelevant what my intention was if what she's received is something else. So you learn, you need to learn how you can communicate one together. I was going to say with each other, but I love the way you described that as communicating together. And secondly, and and then, you know, I'll ask for your thoughts on it, is how you communicate with yourself. Exactly. Because the issue is never the issue. The issue is how you respond to the issue. Yes, exactly. Can I tell you another story based on because it's just coming yeah. to my head. So I work with someone who, um, when they 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 received some information from someone, they weren't happy about this the way they were spoken to, so they reacted, and their reaction created an even more you know another not so great reaction from the other person. Then it kind of like escalated, mm. and I said. Uh, I said, oh, you know, you, you need to be, you're like a, you're both like brick walls and someone's thrown a bouncy ball and it's just going doing, 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 you know, like it's just bouncing so quickly off each other. I said, and I don't know why it came in. I was like, you need to be a marshmallow. <laughs> she was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I don't know, really, but you need to be more like a sponge, like a, like a memory foam mattress. So when that ball hits your wall, it absorbs a little bit and it, takes a little bit longer before it kind of is thrown back the other way because you've taken the time to actually absorb some of it process it and then you return that communication um and she was like huh i quite like that um mm, and then she nice. de she then described it and this may be something you've heard of as this something that children uh, you know i think is quite famous for people talking about talking to children about this is a puffer fish have you seen the puffer fish where it will react by blowing up? Mm -hmm. And she she came back to me like the next day and said, "It's I I don't want to be the puffer fish. I need to. I don't want to get puffy. I can be the you know like let's not get to that point until unless you absolutely have to." Mm, yes, love that. Some great imagery there. Yeah, I and I, I think sometimes talk talking in stories is a really good way of helping yeah. people understand so how what do you some of, well i want to ask you what are some of what's actually not some of what's an example of a, a limiting belief that you've got then that you're experiencing i so the ultimate limiting belief for me is um i think is very common amongst people which is just that i'm a fraud you know that people are going to find out Okay, I think that's yeah. the ultimate, you know, that people are going to, people are going to find out. You didn't actually know anything. This is all, mm. you know, and I've chipped away at that. I've chipped away. I'm a lot better with it now because it's something I feel like I've had forever. You know, I guess imposter syndrome, you know, um, and I've chipped away at it through successes, be they big or small, you know, even the role I was in previous to this one, to my day job, you know, 
you you only get to a certain people only employ you if you and you remain employed for lengths of time if you're doing a decent job so i kind of give myself the oh yeah i must be doing all right at that and then i think my ultimate response to this is like um is a bit like feel the fear and do it anyway you don't learn to be good at something by preparing to do the difficult thing and then just keep preparing keep preparing keep preparing you actually have to go and do it at some point and then you realize yeah actually that was really hard but i did it and then the next time is a bit easier and the next time is a bit easier and three years down the line you go oh god did i used to find this hard like <laughs> but you've got other things that you find hard but like that one you this thing you're just like oh so but but that that self-limiting belief for me it doesn't go away of like Oof, i'm gonna get found out so come on dave fix me <laughs> well is is that belief because imposter syndrome is something really it's really interesting you've picked up on this because i have a belief around imposter syndrome and what I would challenge you in your thinking is to consider if imposter syndrome is something to avoid or or to remove, or is it something like you've essentially just said is something to instead lean into and look for? Well, my thoughts on that are that um so. I so so we're doing so this the subject of this podcast the biggest problem is one you're not aware of I did I led a well-being session last week for people at work around um thoughts that you get obsessed with that might never happen you know like mm. so it's a similar kind of vein and what I was describing to this group that part of the kind of what I'd define as an issue for me is that if I don't worry about, I feel like if I don't worry about something or the fact that I do worry about things means that I do it better. So it's actually fuel, it fuels success. And the, but the difficulty I have is thinking, I like it, is I don't like the feeling. And I think that that's probably quite a common thing that you're like, God, I wish I could just perform without having to go through the however many minutes days weeks hours of worry leading up to an event you know i wish i could just mm. you know and you and then you look at other people and make assumptions that god they just seem to find it so easy which maybe they do maybe they don't mm. um so so i yeah mm. so is the is is the limiting thought more around than I, I'm going to play with your your words a bit here. Is it something around for you? I find I don't like discomfort, or I. It feels like there's something around that. Yeah, there is hundred percent. You're you're bang on because I um when I feel anxious or stressed about something i feel it physically like it's a mm -hmm. physical it's like a physical pain um which is very which is very uncomfortable and it can mm -hmm. be about really what other people might perceive as being quite small things 
Um, so I find myself in this con continual kind of battle. Um, there'll be something every day, really. And then there'll be some things that are just huge that are kind of more, you know, there's a big meeting coming up or a big this or a big presentation or whatever. Um, but but it's but on some on some level there'll be there'll be something on a daily basis, and the the first kind of time of the day that I get to really chill will be at like half eight nine o'clock at night when I turn the telly on and I'm like ah, don't have to, I know there's nothing else can happen now, you know. Mm. So so it is a mindset thing. It is like a and I do a lot. I do I do a lot of work on it. I have a lot of things that I try and put in place. Um, what what do you believe? around discomfort um i think i believe is that word should again i believe i should be able to overcome it so i so again that's a little bit like i'm beating myself up again because i'm I'm thinking mm. other people are able to do this and i can't again the, the wonderful claire she's just quite chilled about most things in life and doesn't she doesn't she can't sit in my skin and see you know so she'll be like why are you worried what are you worried about that for you don't doesn't seem like you need to be and i'm like you know because she seems she's less stressed about kind of smaller things so, this is like a session this is like a proper set uh, like therapy. well I, this is I, I love to play in the moment this i think because it's great to illustrate in a, a real example to people because mm. there's something that i, I want to do with you um that could be helpful for people to hear and listen. So if we stay with this then, so is the is the thought, is that limiting thought, I should be able to deal with discomfort? What, what is it for you specifically? I think potentially that that's pretty, I think that's pretty accurate because I do have some of my, you know, non-self-limiting beliefs. I do have some strong beliefs in myself that are very positive. And I know, you know, so I can put myself in multiple situations where I'm like, right, need to make a difference here. And my mindset's completely different. I'm focused. Um, and I can go into a, into an environment that others, you know, a group of people or whatever might be like, oh God, I've got to deal with that. And I'm like, no, I need to get that done. But if I'm in a if I'm in an environment where I don't feel comfortable, I will go to the other extreme of, oh, I haven't said anything yet. Oh, I'm the only one in the meeting who's not spoken. Oh, no, people are going to be like, what's that? Why is he even here? And my mind goes spiraling off like that. Whereas something I'm, if I've got something I know the subject matter or I'm confident in, those thoughts aren't even there because I'm like, no, no, excuse, no, excuse me, hand up. I need to, I need to say my point. So, the, so that kind of level of discomfort for me is like, it's about, it is. I, I feel like it's that kind of um, tolerance to uncertainty. It's that put yourself in those uncomfortable situations because to kind of um, um, get used to them. Um, what's the? There's a there's an expression around it, isn't there? Like um, when you're exposure therapy or something i think it is where you know you expose yourself to the thing you feel discomfort in but i think the belief there and just to be aware we've only got four minutes left yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but the um yeah i i do feel like sometimes i would beat myself up at yeah i can't escape that feeling of discomfort and and i feel like they i should be able to do that yeah okay so so yeah so then maybe it's um 
I can't escape the feeling of discomfort. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's, so if, that's... We t- if that feels true for you, um, or if that if that's the story, then you can ask yourself the question, is is it true? I suppose it's not true given the circumstance and things I'm able to put in place around it. So preparedness is something I try to practice. You know, I try to be prepared for things, um, even things, and I must have talked to you about swimming before, but like when I go swimming, I get quite stressed about, am I going to get in people's way? Which lane should I go in? Am I going too slow? And, you know, and, uh, and it, it kind of not ruins, but it diminishes the experience of enjoying the swim because I'm in my mm. own head thinking about all those things. Um, okay. So I will be trying to prepare by going to quiet sessions that I know are going to be quieter, you know? Um, so I'll, I'll think about, you know, uh, what is it? The six P's proper planning prevents piss poor performance. I think that's the seven <laughs> P's. <laughs> yeah. So if that's not true then we can say that that is a thought you've chosen to believe mm. yeah right yes so if you've chosen to believe that that was true then you can choose to believe something else is true so what would the positive opposite or a more empowering thought be for you around this idea of I can't escape discomfort? I suppose it would be something simple like I've got this, you know, I've done it before. I've been through worse. All um, thoughts like that of it's, it's, it's rarely or never been as bad as I thought it was going to be when I've had these thoughts in the past. Um, Mm. I've always got through stuff. I'm still here. You know, I've been through as most people have, I've been through a lot um and i'm still here still standing so mm. you know what benefit is it giving to me to feel this discomfort now um when i'm the likelihood is it's going to be all right yeah okay so a thought that occurred to me was you could choose to believe discomfort helps me grow mm. yeah well yeah it pushes me it does it definitely pushes me to do um that that feel the fear and do it anyway you know your comfort zone to to make your comfort zone wider or bigger again Mm. you have to do the thing so feeling that discomfort means i'm growing yeah so i would invite you to play with that i know we have if we have more time i'd i'd play with you more with this but just to illustrate this is an example of using what's called incisive questions from a book called Nancy Klein, from a book called Time to Think by Nancy Klein, her incisive questions model, where you take someone, you look at what limiting beliefs do they hold, what's the most limiting belief, ask the question, is it true? Because if it's true, it's a fact. If it's not, it's a belief. And then we can say, well, because it's a belief, you've chosen to believe it. You chose to believe it for a reason, and likely it was to keep you safe. Yeah. But you can choose to believe anything you want. So that's it's about empowering people with their thinking. This is a big part of what I do. I love that. And this is how to move people from 
first of all, helping them to realize what that problem is, that subversive problem or problems that they don't see, those limiting beliefs that that run their world, mm. and then move them to create more empowering thinking, which helps them to see their world differently, to create their world differently, to create the people that they spend time with. Yeah, I all love that. Creation. I love that. It's a really good way to finish it. I mean, we could talk for hours and I do feel like, I feel like, I feel great. I feel like I've had a a good therapy session there. Um, And I, you know, I, I, I implore anyone to kind of, to pick up on the books that you've mentioned there and to look through that and to challenge your thoughts and to challenge whether it is actually true. And I love that, that if it's, if you, if you think, well, actually it's not true, I'm choosing to believe it, then actually you do have that power to choose to think something different wow thank you so much dave for for coming and talking to us today again uh, i'll be getting you back on soon and i inside little birdie tells me you might have your own podcast coming out at some point in the future so we'll have to i'll be happy to promote it for you when it comes out and uh, and i'll and i'll listen to it too but yeah thank you for your time thank you my man and uh, thank you guys out there for listening. As always, another episode will be winging, you, winging its way to you soon. I'm exhausted. Right, sweet to you all soon. <laughs> <laughs>